Welcome to the Parasha and Halakha audio series, a presentation of contemporary halachic topics as they relate to the Parasha Tashavua. The Sephardic Halakha Center is committed to advancing the research and application of Halakha in the Sephardic community nationwide. For a halachic consultation, monetary bedin services, to order this series or to sign up to receive the Sephardic Halakha journal, and for all other information, please call 1-844-200-TSHC or email us at info at thshc.org. The following is an introduction from Harav Shmuel Pinchasi Shlita, the Nasi of the Sephardic Halakha Center, followed by a loose translation of his remarks. אני חייב לומר במילים ספורות שגדולה תלמוד שהביאה לידי מעשה ורבותינו ראו את נושא ההלכה עד כמה זה חשוב עד שאומרים שחדי קודשא בריחו לעשו כשמט את האליבא דהלכתא חז"ל אומרים אוהב השם שערי ציון מכל משכנות יעקב אוהב השם שערים המצוינים בהלכה יותר מכל בתי כנסיות ובתי מדרשות כמה זה חשוב בתי כנסת, כמה זה חשוב בתי מדרשות. אין ספק שכל מילה בתורה יש בזה תילי תילים של שכר בעולם הזה, בעולם הבא, אבל אין מעלה כגודל לימוד התורה, במיוחד כשמגיע הלכה למעשה. עד כדי כך שחז"ל אומרים שמאז שחרה בית המקדש, לא זזה השכינה מכותל המערבי, אבל רבותינו אומרים שאין לו לקדוש ברוך הוא אלא דלת אמות של הלכה. כלומר, יש שני דברים, יש כותל המערבי, יש בית המקדש שלצערנו עדיין אנחנו מתאווים ושואבים, שואפים לקיים את ה... להקים שכינה מאפרה, אבל אין לו לקדוש ברוך הוא אלא דלת אמות של הלכה. זו מעלת ההלכה. והחתם סופר מסביר ואומר, יש שניים שהקדוש ברוך הוא בוכה עליהם. אחד שיכול ללמוד והוא לא לומד. והשני, שהוא לא יכול ללמוד ולומד, שואל החתם סופר, שאלה ידועה ומפורסמת, מי שם אדם שיכול ללמוד ולא לומד, אז הקדוש ברוך הוא בוכה עליו, כי חבל על דאבדין, עוד כישרון, עוד כוח, אבל למה הקדוש ברוך הוא בוכה על מי שלא יכול ללמוד ולומד? אומר החתם סופר פלאי פלאות, אומר, הוא לא יכול ללמוד פלפול, והוא לומד פלפול, והיה יכול להיות גדול בהלכה. היה יכול להיות במושגים של הלכה, משיג שמט תלמדי הלכתא, ויכול להגיע לדרגות של ללבד הלכה. אבל הוא לא לומד הלכה, הוא לומד דבר אחר. ועל זה הקדוש ברוך הוא כואב, ועל זה הוא בעצם בוכה, כאילו חבל מאוד שהוא מתעסק בדברים אחרים, שהם אולי באמת חשובים, אבל אין להם תועלת כל כך. כמו זה שיכול... להגיע לידי הלכה, לליבון ההלכה. ולכן אני אומר, אשריכם ואשר חלקכם שאתם עוסקים בלימוד ההלכה, ובמיוחד הרבנים הגאונים, שהם באמת תורמים מזמנם, ממרצם, מעונם ועונם, הונם ועונם, שברוך השם באים ועושים מלאכת קודש ללמוד וללמד הלכה צרופה, הלכה ברורה. אני מאחל לכולם שידיכם לגאון ולתפארת. ולהעלות בעזרת השם ביתר סד וביתר אה, 
עוז בלימוד ההלכה, ובעזרת השם, שכר לימודכם יעלה בידכם להגדיל תורה ולהדירה. אמן. Rav Shmuel Pinchasi says the following, With the permission of my brothers and friends, I just want to say a few words about the greatness of Talmud Torah, which leads to action. Chachamim extol the virtue of Limud Halacha so much that they state that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has special pleasure in the study of Torah for the purpose of knowing the correct Halacha. Hazal say on the Pasuk, Ohev Hashem Sha'aret Zion Mikol Mishkenot Yaakov that HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves the study halls of Halakha more than any other Batei Knesset and Batei Midrash. There is no doubt that every word of Torah merits a tremendous amount of reward in Olam Hazeh and Olam Abba, but there is no greater virtue than the study of Torah Halakha Lema'aseh. The Rabbis say that since the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash, the Shekhinah has not left the Kotel HaMa'aravi. On the other hand, The rabbis also say that after the destruction, HaKadosh Baruch Hu only has in his world the four amot of halacha. Hachamim are comparing our yearning for the rebuilding of the Beit HaMikdash and restoring the glory of the Shekhinah to the tremendous ma'ala of studying halacha. The Hatam Sofer explains that the Gemara says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu cries over two types of people, one who can learn and does not learn, and one who cannot learn and learns. The question is obvious. It is clearly unfortunate that one who can, can learn and does not learn. The question is obvious. Clearly, it is unfortunate that one can learn and does not learn. What a waste of potential and kohot. However, what is wrong with one who cannot learn and nevertheless pushes himself to learn? The Hatam Sofer answers that the Gemara is referring to one who cannot learn on the deep level of Pilpul and nevertheless attempts to do so at the expense of knowing halakha. This, so to speak, pains HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that although this person is obviously learning important things, still he is neglecting the important study of halakha. Therefore, I commend those who study halakha, especially the very knowledgeable rabbis of the Sephardic Halakha Center, who invest time, effort, and money in clarifying and arriving at the proper, proper halakhic conclusion and teaching them to the tzibur. I bless them to continue with this Malachat HaKodesh and may they merit to see much success in this great endeavor. L'Hagdil Torah Adira Amen. The following shiur is delivered by Rabbi Mordechai Lebhar, Rosh Kolel at Link of Los Angeles. For more information or shiurim, please visit dshc.org or call 1-844-200-TSHC. That's 1-844-200-8742. We start off Sefer Bereshit talking about the creation of the world. And in this week's parasha, we have an emphasis on Shabbat as Hashem created for six days. And then, Vayichuru Hashem Em Va'aretz Ve'chol Sevam, the beginning of Perik Bet. ויחל אלוהים ביום השביעי את ביום השביעי מלאכתו אשר עשה, וישבוד ביום השביעי מכל מלאכתו אשר שבת. השם רסטד from all work that he did, ויברך אלוהים את יום השביעי ויקדש אותו, כי בו שבת מכל מלאכתו אשר ברא אלוהים לעשות. And השם רסטד on the seventh day, and he sanctified it because it was Shabbat. 
Melachot Shabbat are learned from Melechet Mishkan and its creative actions because Hashem created for six days and on the seventh day Hashem ceased to create. People have a difficulty in understanding that there are some times where a person could be liable for Shabbat even though he hardly put effort in it. And on the other hand, a person could be doing very heavy work and will not be liable. A person could be flipping a switch and he'll be chayav on Shabbat. Whereas if a person is moving around furniture, he'll be totally exempt on a Torahita level. And the answer is because that's not called creation when one is moving, um, when mo- moving furniture. One of the, one of the Yilchot Shabbat that stands out as something that people don't really pay proper attention to that with one little action could be considered a melacha deoraita is the melacha of borer, of separating. Separating, we know the conditions has to be uh, there has to be three conditions met in order to be allowed to separate on Shabbat. It is learned from the Mishkan when, when they were separating the, the kernels from pebbles and they found pebbles and they would separate them. That is the prime example of Borer on Shabbat. That is where we learn Borer on Shabbat from. And unless it fulfills three conditions which categorizes one's action in derech achilato, which is a way of eating. And what are those three conditions? It has to be done, it has to be done right away. It has to be done good from bad. And it has to be done with one's hand. Then that is not considered as if it is derech achilato, as if he is eating. Rather, it is considered a melacha of borer, of separating. This comes to light. Uh, with different um, mechanisms that people have separating on Shabbat through utensils and through uh, a different mesh, through different uh, devices that separate bad from good, and the question would be: uh, Are are they consider are they allowed to be used on Shabbat? And that is a topic that I want to speak about today, which is one of the biggest pleasures that we have Shabbat morning. Could be taking a coffee, uh, which is, uh, which is an onig Shabbat for many people. And as, uh, coffee has developed throughout the generations, people are more and more particular that they don't want to just settle for instant coffee. Rather, they want to have freshly brewed coffee from, uh, from beans. But that, that comes with its own halachic questions. There are questions of bishul, that sometimes they are not totally roasted, and one would have to be careful not to violate bishul, which is in a shikili shlishi, or if they were roasted, according to Sfaradim, with a klisheni. That is another discussion that we will not discuss today. Today, I want to discuss uh, preparing coffee with freshly ground beans that would circumvent the prohibition, not, I'm sorry, not circumvent, that would be careful not to violate the prohibition of Borer. Now in order to do that, one has to be introduced to a Gemara in Masechet Shabbat. There the Mishnah talks about having a strainer, a Mishamerit. And this strainer, one would put water and it would go through the strainer. 
which should not be an issue. You're not really separating anything. Nevertheless, the Gemara says that it is allowed if the Mishamirit was done uh, properly, didn't violate problems of Ohel, which is another subject. And the Gemara says that you're allowed to put uh, water in the Mishamirit, and in the Shamirit you have dregs. And although the dregs of wine, that is, dregs of raisins, that although the dregs are being separated, because they're not going through the strainer, and at the end product you're going to have some wine that's going to go through the strainer, so it's separating the wine from the dregs, and that should be forbidden. The Gemara says it's allowed. The Gemara says that it's allowed. The Gemara also fur- further says that the chidush is, is that even though, you know, the Gemara seems to say, say that's obvious, but the, the, the Gemara says that even though the water's a, a little bit dirty, the dregs are a little bit dirty because they might have some, something that you don't, uh, you don't really want to, uh, you want, you don't want to drink, it's allowed. And here Rashi introduces up to a very important principle. Rashi tells us that it's not called borer, the enkan tikun, because there's no really result, a tikun, de belav hachi mishteti, because Either way, it's going to be drunk that way. People would drink the water if it's a little bit dirty. So even though you're making it more clean, but that's not called a creative action. As we mentioned, in order to be liable on Shabbat, there has to be a creative action. And we are missing that creative dimension when we are separating something that, uh, that has a, uh, that, that I could, could have been drunk beforehand, despite the fact that it's going through a Kli livror. Despite the fact that it's going through a utensil of separating, which is one of the conditions in order to be allowed to be bored, is that you cannot use a kli, and over here you are using a kli, but it's missing the dimension of bored because I could have drunk the water without that. Which is why if somebody would put water through a brita filter, and they don't mind drinking the water without it, just they'd rather have purified water, water would be allowed. As a matter of fact, if somebody does mind of drinking a, br- a, br- a water that is doesn't go through a Brita filter, a Brita is one of these uh, classic filters. I assume you know what that is. Then, uh, it, it, then the Biura Lacha brings from the Primigadim that if one if a person minds, then it's a problem. And Haragon Rav Yashiv in his Tishuvot of Kovetz Tishuvot says that one should be concerned not to drink water that he uh, does not that drink otherwise if it's not filtered. Um, Rav Nisim Karel in Chut disagrees. He understands that in order to be considered borer, you have to see that there is some type of pesolet. You have to see that there is some type of um, uh, some type of bad in the water that you wouldn't drink, but not something that's uh, microbes that you wouldn't be able to tell. Those type of filters would be allowed. That is the position of Rav Nisim Karel. Brought, brought down in Chut Shani Chelik Bet Perek Yud Gimel that. That since the psolet is not noticeable, it would, it would be allowed. But that is about unfiltered water. Let us talk about coffee on Shabbat. If somebody is going to, if somebody wants to strain his, uh, he wants to make, uh, uh, freshly brewed coffee, let's talk about three different scenarios. The first scenario would be using a, uh, using a type of, uh, well, it looks almost like a cupcake holder filter, which is uh, the regular coffee filters, putting it in a cone 
and putting it on top of your coffee, pouring water, putting it on top of your cup, I'm sorry, pouring the water in the filter that has coffee grains in it, and what comes out on the other side is coffee without those grains. Is that allowed on Shabbat or not? I would think that you are making a classic case of Borer. Nevertheless, it would seem to be that this is the exact Mishnah of Mishamedet, pouring water where there are dregs and wine comes out. Here you're pouring water and there's coffee, and the water co- and the coffee comes out, it would be allowed. And indeed, it does seem to be it's comparable, and the Puskim say that it is allowed. The only question is, why is it allowed? Why isn't it called Borer? Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach in a Seper Shulchan Shilomo questions. Why such a thing which should be allowed? And why isn't it considered that at the end of the day you're separating? Because you're going to have the water mixed in with the, with, with the coffee, and you don't want those coffee grains, and the water is coming out, and that is separating. So Shlomo Zaman seems to say a very important principle, that we look at the beginning of your actions. And since the beginning of your actions is an action of pouring... And the action of pouring water has no borer. You cannot consider what's coming on the other side an action of borer because your beginning action was not something that had borer in it. So even though in the middle some type of borer action was happening, but that that already was removed from your action. As long as the beginning water is something you could have drunk anyways, that he does not consider borer. That he says the Mishnah does not consider it a tikkun regarding a borer. So that is the uh, that is the uh, th- that that is the first option how to make coffee, and it is the permissive option. There's something else called a French press. A French press is a jug that has in it a cylinder that also separates. And what happens is is that a person puts in uh, first coffee grinds, and then he puts this uh, cylinder filter, uh, filter and pours water on top. And, uh, or, um, and then he pours water on top and then he starts pressing the water that eventually what's going to happen is going to keep the dregs on the bottom and it's going to keep the water on top. And here, uh, it would seem to be that you are doing a classic case of borer because here you're not just pouring water. When you're actually push, pushing the filter down, you are separating the dregs from, uh, or, I'm sorry, the coffee grinds from the water and it should be forbidden. The only issue is, the only uh, solution you could say is that if you do not push the dregs, uh, I'm sorry, if you do not push the filter all the way to the bottom, so you're going to be left with a situation where there are some, um, some, some grinds and some water. So here you didn't separate the grinds and the water. You do have water on top, that's coffee, we'll call it coffee on top, that is that doesn't have any grinds, but it's not that you separated the grinds from the coffee because if you didn't push the filter all the way to the bottom, you will have a mixture of coffee and grinds, and on top you'll have coffee without grinds. But you're not separating the grinds at any point if you didn't push it till the bottom. And this, it seems to be a, a, a why Rev Shlomo Miller would permit a French press if you didn't push the filter all the way through. Problem is, is that it's a very hard thing to have a filter that if you push a little bit harder, you violate a Torah prohibition on Shabbat. And if you didn't, you will be totally okay. 
So therefore, there are those poskim who suggest that if one wants to use a French press, they should make it in a way that the, the French press doesn't go all the way down. In other words, they, they could put in like, somebody suggested even putting in like a type of pebble or a stone that'll prevent it from... And that way, you could use your French press because you know that you're not going to violate Boreh because as long as you have some water with the grinds, it's not totally that you press till the bottom, that you separated the grinds, the coffee grinds from the water, that would be permitted. So that's an interesting solution to use a French press on Shabbat. But otherwise, one has to be very, very careful, as I mentioned, that the, uh, that the, that the, uh, cylinder doesn't go all the way down. And the way that you do that is to set, is to make a special French press that one would have something that would prevent it from going on the bottom. Now, some people suggested a third way was that using your good old Nespresso machine or your Keurig on a timer. And having it all prepared before Shabbat and having the timer prepare for you at eight o'clock in the morning, a freshly brewed coffee. I asked this question to three of the great poskim of the generation in America, Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky, Rav Shlomo Miller, and Yibadel Chaim Tovim, Rav David Feinstein. All three of them opposed it and said that it is a zilzul of Shabbat. It is, uh, it is not kavod Shabbat at all to have your machines running and preparing food for you on Shabbat. It is not in the spirit of Shabbat. And although technically uh, a prohibition is very hard to point out to, they advised that it is something that goes contrary to the spirit and uh, and the and the uh, and the ruach of Shabbat, having uh, having machines preparing food for you, beyond the scope of this shiur. But it is this this was uh, this was the, their opinion. The uh, the the uh, the other um, important point that I wanted to mention. Uh, regarding filters and getting back to what we mentioned on Brita filters is something that I, that, that the Poskim and Eretzisel have brought up, uh, that could, that could be a serious potential prohibition of Bored that people are not properly aware of. Um, but, but, uh, but, but in, in Eretzisel they already spoke about this and, but in America it's not well known. Filtering water, a lot of is a uh, is there's a big market for filtering water somebody wants to have pure filtered water and most filters are okay to use on shabbat because most filters are made from mesh or micro mesh because uh, and and uh, and what they do is that when the water goes through this mesh it separate the mesh separates any type of uh, unwanted particles that are in there and you get clean water and that is allowed to be used on Shabbat, as we mentioned, because you could have drunk the water beforehand, and the water that comes afterwards is, is, pro, is allowed. However, there are filters on the market called carbon filters. Carbon filters are made either from a brick of carbon, but there are some, and it's not common, but there are some of carbon pebbles, catalytic carbon pe- pebbles, that when the water goes through the carbon, it, it becomes uh, dirty with the carbon, and then it becomes separated. Now, a lot of times in these uh, cartridges, you have enough room for a few cups of water that are mixed in with the carbon, and nobody would drink the water this way. In other words, it's not like the Mishnah that one is pouring water going through the dregs, and the dregs are coming out, it's allowed. Over here, you have water that's being stored. You put, you, you turn on the sink, water that's coming into the cartridge, and then you have water that's mixed in to the uh, uh to, to with this carbon and it turns out that it's dirty water and then 
when you turn on the sink, you will effectively being separate separate the dirty water to clean water through this carbon filter. Now, sometimes it's a carbon block, so there's no real mixture. But even in the carbon block, it seems to be there are sometimes these little these uh, the, these little um, pebble-like silifice types of pellets that prevent scaling. And even though it doesn't make the water unusable, but nobody is going to drink water with those pebbles. So the Poskim in Eretz Yisrael mentioned that such filters should not be allowed to use on Shabbat. And there are some in the market that are carbon filters that have these pellets that once again, you when you are opening up the water, that's when you're activating this dirty water to be filtered. Lecha'ora, that should be an issue. And I, we do not know why um, people are not more aware of this and people should be more, should be conscious that those type of carbon uh, uh, filters that have this uh, this concoction could be a serious problem on Shabbat. Once again, mesh filters, not a problem. Carbon filters that have silifice pebbles or carbon pebbles, which are more rare, could be a potential issues. And if one wants to make coffee on Shabbat, we mentioned a few uh, a few ways how they could make it. Either they can make it with using those coffee filters that's allowed, those coffee, uh, filters that's allowed. Either a French press using it in a, a, a special Shabbat way that we mentioned, but not using an automatic machine. Everyone should be, have this basuk fulfilled of Shabbat Vainafash Amenken Yeratzon. This audio series has been brought to you by the Sephardic Halacha Center. The center is committed to advancing research and application of Halacha in the Sephardic community nationwide. For a halachic consultation, monetary bedin services, to order this series or to sign up to receive the Sephardic Halakha Journal, or for all other information, please call 1-844-200-TSHC or email info at theshc.org to subscribe.